welcome, welcome. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Under the Thin Green Line podcast. I'm your host, Bambi. And I'm Kendra. And we are excited that you are here. Yay. Again. Again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, today we're going to kind of talk about men are not the patriarchy. How I came across this real quick. I went down this path. Rabbit hole. Yeah. Rabbit hole. Is I was listening to a podcast um, with Andrew Humerman and Dr. Sarah Gottfried, I think her name is. They brought up patriarchy, and she's like, "Well, I I feel that you know patriarchy means power over," and I was just kind of like, hmm, "What that real again?" Just kind of interested me because to me, I always thought it was patriarchy or the patriarch is like men. Men are the yeah. yeah. Men are the patriarchy. But she was like, no, this is more patriarchy means like power over. And so this took me down this rabbit hole. And she had our Huberman had it down in his show notes down in this episode, um, Pat McCabe. And so I clicked on it and it brought me to a website and just uh, Pat McCabe's website, which is patmccabe.net. And I'll just read directly um, from her website about like who she is and what she stands for and what her mission is. So it says, Pat McCabe is a Diné, I believe that's how you say it, Navajo mother, grandmother, activist, artist, writer, ceremonial leader, and international speaker. She is a voice for global peace, and her paintings are created as tools for individual earth and global healing. She draws upon the indigenous sciences of thriving life to reframe questions about sustainability and balance, and she is devoted to supporting the next generations, women's nation, and men's nation, and in being being functional members of the hoop of life and upholding the honor of being human. So on her website, it also has, um, I think it's not on this particular website, but it brought me to a a podcast of the mythic masculine and an episode where she's talking to um, Ian McKenzie about thriving life. Men are not the patriarchy. Power over paradigm. Yeah. And so this episode kind of assumes that you know, I guess, certain terms. Like Um, mythic masculine or sacred masculine and sacred feminine. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sacred masculine, the sacred feminine. And so really quickly, definition. Each of us carries within us aspects of both the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine. The true masculine is characterized by confidence without arrogance, rational thinking without a need to control, honor without desire for war. It provides stability, strength, and courage in an ever-shifting world. And then it describes the true feminine as the true feminine brings a deep wisdom rooted in trusting one's intuition and heart. It is a passionate, creative, and life-giving force. The true feminine supports deep, heartfelt nurturing of all creation and the passing along of traditions from one generation to the next. That kind of just gave me a little bit more clarity because it's not about gender, right? It's not about male versus female. We both have feminine and masculine energies, energies within us. Yeah. And the reason why we're interested in these kind of things is... We don't want to be insular in our thinking. We want to just look at a bunch of cultures and their religious beliefs, how they see the world. Mm -hmm. It's always good to kind of have an understanding of those things Mm -hmm. so that you can come to what you believe with Mm -hmm. a fuller cup than um, something that's 
like like I said, insular right. in thought, like right. only seeing one side of things mm-hmm. instead of understanding that there's a history to a lot of things. And the way we think um, comes from generations of thought. And how we're brought up. And how we're brought up and the stories we're told. And it, it it's like we're downloaded with a lot of information before we have time to really, truly think about it. And I'm just... A, a novice. I'm a beginner. I don't know a lot about, um, there's like over 500 federally recognized native nations, you know, and I'm in the United new States. in the United States and I, I, I want to learn, I want to learn more. So I apologize ahead of time. If there's anything I say that's, you know, insensitive or incorrect or whatever. Incorrect or <laughs> we're just a lot of respect. We're coming at it. i um, trying to just, culture. Yeah, we're coming at it trying to just see the differences. And I think that that's a great thing to do for all humans, you know, to just Mm -hmm. try and educate yourself and things. Um, She kind of grew up in a a Dutch Christian reform missionary, like residential boarding school. So she grew up with kind of like a Christian Christian way of thinking Mm -hmm. instead of her native cultural, you Mm -hmm. know. Religious indigenous culture. Indigenous culture. Yeah. She she compares it to like the Western um, American girl thinking versus like a di- traditional indigenous culture. She had a situation where she um, grew up uh, in this church where it's like, hey, if you feel the spirit, come up to the front, you know, and she was five years old. She always felt like she could feel the spirit. Like her and Jesus were tight. Yeah. <laughs> she said her and Jesus were, we were tight. But every time she went to get up, um, her dad would hold her back, and it was very confusing for yeah. her. She said, "She was like, what is this? This is this is kind of confusing. Like I'm supposed to go. They tell you know I'm feeling the spirit, you know. Uh, so she's brought up that way, and she had pretty traditional. Um, I think well, her education was Stanford. Stanford. Like she, Stanford. she said her dad went to Stanford. Yeah. So she was." Um, uh, her, a lot of her growing up years were on the campus, mm-hmm. um, and it was very liberal in thought. She did have a view of of women um, kind of throwing up their fists in the air about the men and what they were going to try and do to control, control the men. Yeah. And she was thinking to herself, well, I don't want to be one of those type of people. I want to be like what men are. You know, I, w- I would rather be trying to be controlled right and then the people the complaining men, about it the men had the freedom because yeah. women were complaining and raging and wanting to control what the men were doing all the time and she's like well i want to be one of the men because they're the ones who have the freedom she left the church when she was 15 but she said she was roaming around for 15 years she yeah. said if if it's not god or if it's not religion this church then it's nothing so she roamed around she said mm-hmm. and she came to a a part in her life where she was destroying herself, but she didn't mention specifics. Right. Kind so, of suicidal, I think she was felt suicidal. Suicidal when she was a kid, but then yeah. also talked about destroying herself when she mm-hmm. had kids. Mm-hmm. She didn't mention what it was, but yeah. um, she kind of threw it up in the air and it kind of like a prayer or something. She didn't want her kids to see like what she was doing to herself because she also witnessed that as a kid. People right. like destroying themselves. She didn't want that. She didn't want to do that to her kids. Because she didn't have yeah. a belief in 
I, I can't remember how she said it. She like just threw out a prayer that was just like, this is out to anybody who like anybody who cares, which I know you don't. And, and you know, real, like whatever, know if there's a God, I know there isn't, you know, it was just kind of like whatever, a Hail Mary, you know, Hail Mary throw, like, <laughs> like I'll, I'm willing Who's, to yeah. do this for my children. You yeah. Know? I, I need help. I need help. In a way. Yeah. And then soon after she said she was invited to a Lakota sweat lodge um, from there, I guess in the Lakota culture, it's a it's a visioning culture, mm-hmm. so they have visions. And mm-hmm. you know, before they went in, she was a little hesitant to because they have the women go in or how you identify. It doesn't matter. Like you, if you identify as male, like female, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you just go in. The females go in first, and she's like, "Whoa, what are we dividing here? This is a little, this is a little suspicious." Because you know, in the modern Western world, it's like you start dividing men and women, and it's you know, like, mm. like what are you doing here? But in indigenous cultures, like gender is is an energy. It's not like verses. You yeah. know, she didn't know that she had so much rage as a woman, as a being held being. back, mm-hmm. being as you know, a, a woman in the world being held back. I think she was also having visions of um, the this how the sec- sacred feminine was thwarted, or mm-hmm. back in um, in Europe when they were having the witch, the witch. Oh hunts. yeah, she had visions of witch hunts. Back in Europe, years and years ago, before Europeans came, and then to her America. belief from that vision, it was when the paradigm shifted into like a power over patriarchal mm-hmm. way of being, right. like five hundred years ago. You know mm-hmm. when it started, and then she went into talking about how that wasn't just a destruction of um, the sacred feminine, but it was also hard for the men because they were seeing. In these in these circumstances, they were seeing their mothers, sisters, grandmothers, whatever, being tortured, and they couldn't protect. And the idea of men in the sacred masculine as a protecting mm-hmm. type medicine, or so they probably felt helpless, helpless that they couldn't fulfill their role as so protectors. Was, yeah, kind of the way. So she got to thinking about it more, and she was thinking, well, these men then came to the the U.S. and brought this paradigm America. with them. And that's what we've had today. That's kind of the the vision that she's had. So the cycle continues, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like the, yeah. the cycle of abuse. And if you think about it, we're only, we're only here on this earth as, as humans, if we're lucky, for a good 80 years. Yeah. Some of us want to live until we're 90 if just we're Just a fit, blip. Right? And it's just a blip. If, if you're like me... You didn't maybe realize how we are so indoctrinated into into our belief system mm-hmm. um, until you're able to step away and question it and mm-hmm. see other people's belief system and how it's just an idea. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are just an idea of how how to behave and be, whether it's capitalism. Um, mm-hmm. You know, communism, it's all an idea of how to be. And many people have to believe in the idea for it to work. Right. And so, I mean, we we don't know, like there isn't a a narrative right now for, as she says, like for men or a narrative in this thriving, she calls it a thriving life paradigm, which is opposite of this power over paradigm, which is what we're kind of like trying to move out of this power over. And women can have, I mean, women 
can be just as power over, you know, patriarchal than men. And so we just need to move out of this mindset. We need to move away from where uh, we're using the masculine energies in men and women to control, to oppress, to, to, I mean, wars. And, you know, we need to move away from that and be more of like where the masculine was seen as like protecting. Uh, She said one of the things was, it was really hard for her to go from, and like you just talked about, going from an American girl mindset to a more traditional ancient culture and practice where gender is seen and held as a specific medicine and energy, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we just need to see that. I just, of and my mind, my own mind of thinking about patriarchy and what the word patriarchy means is, oh, wow, yeah, this isn't just gender. This is not male versus female. Well, it, you know, and I don't know if she had just this vision or thought, but mm-hmm. men, it, it, it kind of talks about this paradigm. They're trapped and they want to mm-hmm. get out. They just don't know how to get out. Because we need a new narrative. Because we does need that a look new like? narrative. And what does that new narrative look like? Yeah. What does it mean to even be human? Like we only know what it means to be human in this power over paradigm. What does it mean to be human? And something completely in different. a thriving life, she calls it. A thriving life paradigm. Like we don't even, like a male and female energies or masculine and feminine behave totally different in a power over and versus a thriving life paradigm. So we don't even have a narrative. And that's what I think her mission and path is, is to find out what does that look like? She was talking about the trickster, um, that the tr- trickster has been trying to disconnect humanity. Since we've been Since here. we've been here. <laughs> And some of that looks like economic disparity, mm-hmm. illusion of the division of masculine and feminine, male and female. Race. Yeah. Race. Um, religion, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, Relig- uh, religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And but the idea is, is that we're all one. Mm-hmm. We're all part of all of it. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, the biggest um, thing that Trickster uses now is the different like the male versus female yeah the masculine versus feminine and it shouldn't be a versus at all yeah. but that's what trickster uses and this trickster archetype maybe is what yeah yeah she said in her cosmetology trickster is very serious but in american modern western you know view of the indigenous culture of trickster they think it's it means like oh this funny little thing that points out your foibles or something but no it's very serious. She talks about shaming and belittling, you know, mm. and shaming is very toxic for everybody, but she used it a lot before, before going into the sweat lodge. Like this is how she found out that like she used shaming and belittling as a foothold to make a place in this power over paradigm. Yes. And spirit during these sweat lodges was telling her, how can you be an advocate for Sorry about the train, if you can hear that. How can you be an advocate for love and life and light if you're using shame towards human beings and destroying their hearts and soul? How, how can you use those to- toxic tools? Some people may, may see that like a, di- like a different way of thinking of that is um, coping mechanisms that are negative, negative co- coping mechanisms. That's another way yeah. of, of thinking of about thinking that. of using shame and belittling. And we we know, like li- listening to Brene Brown, you know, when we're talking about shaming, like there is no room for that. No room for shame. 
do not shame, period. No matter how you feel or as much as you want to be like pointing at someone, you don't, don't, it's very toxic and you for think you. You'll, yeah, yeah, you think you'll get someone to change, and but it, that doesn't, that doesn't get people to change. No. And we all want, obviously, we're kind of living in a world right now. She, she mentioned Brett Kavanaugh. You know, where women don't Me have, we're, yep. we're having our agency taken away from us a little bit, our rights. Yep. And we need to come to a conclusion where this isn't like we got to get, we got to get on it. We got to yep. figure it out to where men and women can see the detriment it's causing um, to both, to both sides, I guess. Mm-hmm. The one thing she said, and she was like, I know this is going to be a big statement, but like women do need to take a level of take some responsibility for that anger and that shaming and in in a way of trying to have power, you know, mm. using that shaming to have power in this power over uh, paradigm. Women, she says, women need to let go of rage. Otherwise, your children will see what you're doing and follow suit. You know, exactly. they will think that that's okay. And that's just the way things need to be. Again, going with the cycle of abuse, right? So you need to, we also need to take responsibility in what we're doing, even though it's, it feels hard because you're like, oh, we have so much, so many things going against us, you know, like give us a break, right? Like we're having yeah. so many things taken away from us now. It does kind of seem though, like, and they kind of talked about the shift. I don't know the exact terminology they use, but the shift with the Me Too movement. Mm. Like there's a shift happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't remember what, what word she used or what was in there, but yeah, go ahead. Where... Um, the way men used to be is being questioned, you know, mm-hmm. and w- we need to come into something new. And how do we come into something new? I think it's, I mean, I think it's great that Stephen Bartlett has on women and talks to women. Any, any, I think it's great when men are open and bring in different ways of thinking about something mm-hmm. and allow other people to talk while they listen and it it's bringing the conversation into a bigger sphere. So anytime men are doing that, I think that's wonderful. There there is a lot of talk right now and I was I was thinking about how, you know, women have kind of lost the agency of their body with in the United States with abortion. With abortion yeah. and how there's a kind of there's a narrative going on. I've listened to a few podcasts about birth rate and um, decline in birth rate and how that's threatening to our society, essentially. I think maybe even Elon Musk has men- mentioned it's one of the one of the big things that's happening. Mm-hmm. And so men are worried about birth rate decline, or some some men, and they're talking about it right now. And it makes me wonder the correlation between that and women's loss of rights a little bit. Yeah, like, how are we losing our rights now? When there's a no abortion, which means more births, more, more population increases. I don't yeah. know. It's kind of <laughs> that's we don't know. I'm we just don't know. saying. I just want that's just a that thought in my head. I don't know. I'm not a investigative journalist. I don't. <clears throat> you know that that was just a thought that ran through my head. So take that with a grain of salt. Right. I'm not an expert. Okay, I'm just gonna leave it there. Yeah. I'm drop it. Drop it right there. <laughs> Since we live in a kind of a power over paradigm how do men and women like we need to we need a new narrative for you know into this thriving life paradigm and she kind of talked about 
men are sacred fire tenders and they're protectors of life. And she sees that as like, that's their archetype, you mm-hmm. know, they're meant to kind of like, it's in their, how does she describe it? Like in their DNA or something or in their uh, being, I guess, is to just to be protectors, to be fire tenders and to see it more of like, they're the banks to of a, a river, river. Yeah. and, and the feminine are like, like she's the river and the men are the banks. They're not, um, they're, they're holding, they're protecting, they're not, you know, dominating or controlling or whatever. Like they're just there to just the banks of the river to just guide it and keep it going, you know? And I thought that was kind of a beautiful imagery. She also mentioned architects. They're the architects, the the builders. Yep. Builders. And the the feminine is the, the idea. She did a prayer at the end and I can't remember like exactly what she said, but she, I, I remember her saying that she'll have visions or the intuition and, her wording may not be the the logical wording, mm-hmm. and she needs help to to put it into words, like mm-hmm. the logical words that can help with the construction. Translate, yeah, translate. Yeah. So it may come out like all sorts of ways, right? Mm-hmm. But then she needs help from the masculine to translate. And I would say just the reason why we're trying to get into this is just being more connected to a spiritual, you know, self. Yeah. And even me, like I, the same way that she used bad coping mechanisms, I myself have seen and used those coping mechanisms to shame men, especially Mm. because of the feeling of powerlessness. Mm. Um, Be being condescended to. I, I used it as a as a way of being protecting myself but then as a teenager you know Mm -hmm. but then you kind of look at that and you say oh well you know that's not constructive that's not going to be helpful shaming's never going to work I don't feel good when I do it you know exactly I don't feel good doing that I don't feel good doing it that's something that I've learned in my in my past that I did and you know yeah it's kind of the idea that it's a paradigm it's not the Mm -hmm. person it's not yeah, women aren't the patriarchy or the, you know, just it's a way of thinking. A lot right. of things are a way of thinking. That's the most interesting thing to me is just how cultures can think a certain way mm-hmm. and it's established. And we don't even sometimes realize it, that we're in it. I just It's just good to just think of things differently mm-hmm. and to step back and see how you know, programming works, how, you know, marketing, anything, how, yeah. how it works with the human condition and human behavior. We just, just step back and just look. Right. You know, and of course a world where both masculine and feminine are seen as sacred, mm-hmm. yeah. like it, that would be a pretty, I mean, a better way of thinking or, or in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, for a better world, better earth. That's what we have for this round. That's what we have for this round so far. I feel like I always look back and I'm like, oh, darn it. I was going to say something about that. So we're still still working on it. We're still working on it. We're trying to, you know, remember all the things that we listen to and talk about. And, and, you know, if you've never done a podcast or you've never recorded yourself, it's a lot harder than it. (laughs) A lot of this is just trying to capture Bambi and I would always... I'd, I'd read something and I'd read yep. all about it. And then she'd come home, be like, babe, listen to this. 
And then I would go on a spiel and we'd have a conversation. That's what we're trying to capture you know, is our it's, natural conversation. It's our natural conversation. A lot of times when we do, we've done like this podcast and the other ones is we've talked about it so much beforehand, and then we just, yeah. Anyway, it's work in progress. <laughs> it's a work in progress. We're progress, trying to make it not sound perfection. Like, that's right. Progress, not perfection. I like that. Progress, not perfection. One percent foothold into yeah. something better is yeah. what we're after. So we appreciate you being here. And listening once again, we really do. Like, we don't know where this is, we're going to go, but we just like to talk and discuss things. And maybe this will change your life for the better, I hope. I don't know. Get you some new ideas. Just like other people give us new and expanding or horizon type ideas. I don't know if that even made any sense. Well, <laughs> just take what you like. Uh, that's and right. leave the rest. Exactly. I love that saying. Yep. Just not that's everything right. that we say you has to, that. like fit with you what you think you know yep. just take what you like leave the rest right yeah okay. and until next time bye, bye. <laughs>